hi, Smarties. Rachel and Steph here. We want to make sure that we send you our love and our patience and our support during this absolutely crazy time. On Friday, we hosted our first ever live webinar called How to Make Schooling at Home Work for Your Family. And we heard from you, and there were so many of you who wanted to join us but weren't able to join us live. So we have made it an episode for you. Enjoy the webinar and let us know if we can be of service to you and your family in any way. If we can provide more support, we are totally open to your ideas. So have a great week, Smarties, and let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, everyone. How's everybody doing? We scrambled to get this all ready for you guys. So we have a presentation that we put together to kind of help as we lead this conversation. And we'd like to be able to answer some questions while we have you all here together. So we will do our best to get to that. So how to make schooling at home work for your family. We are in unprecedented times. And so we have heard from you. It has been a difficult week. We have heard the evolution that has occurred from, let's use our friend as an example of tiger momming it, as she would say, on (laughs) Monday to giving up yesterday. So (laughs) yeah, complete chaos yesterday, she said. Yeah. So we're glad you're here. And we hope that this gives you a little bit of reassurance that we know everybody's doing the best they can right now. And we want to make it a little bit easier for you and your kids Hopefully this brings a little bit of you guys being able to just relax a little bit because I know this is stressful. So I'm sorry for the cars in the background. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get going. So while we're here, we just wanted to make sure we introduce ourselves in case there are people who aren't familiar with the work that Steph and I do together. We are both educational therapists. We each have our own private practices. My practice is in Beverly Hills, California called CAP Educational Therapy Group. Of course, it doesn't matter that we're in Beverly Hills, California right now because we are all virtual as of today. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie's practice is in Redondo Beach, California. That is where she is right now. And guys, she walked to her office. So (laughs) (laughs) it was very very exciting for her. (laughs) So kind of the origin story of the podcast, about two years ago, we knew that we wanted to do something more and we had a greater calling to serve more families and not just the families who could afford to work with us or have the luxury of being close in proximity to us. So we started Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast, and we're going to be coming up on a hundred episodes in the next few weeks. We're going to be delaying our content one week But within the next month, we'll be at 100 episodes, and we're going to be pointing to some specific episodes that we think could be particularly powerful during this time right now. 
And who knows, maybe we'll do another webinar as well. You never know. I've already gotten that request from a couple of people on more specific information. So you just never know. But we wanted to point you in the direction of the podcast because there might be something that you're particularly struggling with right now with your family. And we might have already done an episode on it. So definitely go back and our website has a super cool function of being able to search based off theme and series. And if there's something that you're struggling with in particular, please reach out to us because we can do an episode on that. And as things are changing and we're figuring it out, we're absolutely ready to pivot to help you guys. So we hope that this all helps. That's our mission. Really. We just want to help you guys, whether you're a teacher, a parent, we're all in this together. Go for it. The fundamentals of this schooling at home. Let's start with the first and foremost. We think this is really, really important is creating a devoted workspace that's free from distraction. So that doesn't mean on their bed. Right. It's a different space in the house that they wouldn't typically or necessarily be using. It has been particularly insightful this week, actually, for me to see the bedrooms of the students in my practice as we are working virtually this week. There is a lot of distraction in their rooms, and we will definitely be doing an episode on that in the future because we don't necessarily have that insight all the time. Yeah. And so if you particularly have a kid who's very prone to distraction and has attentional issues, problems staying on task with non-preferred tasks, you want to make sure it's kind of a boring space around them. Yeah, unfortunately, boring space. Also make sure it's clean. So that goes along with the distraction, but also that they have the supplies that they need. So I've seen a couple of kids where I've been working virtually this week and they needed a pencil and they needed a piece of paper. So having this space set up for them that's clean and has everything that they're going to need is going to minimize the distractions and the, oh, don't you want to see my drawing that I did? And they're Mm -hmm. getting up and showing me all the things, right? So honestly, if you can have a devoted space that's clean and has what they need, it's going to be a game changer for you. Everybody has seen these schedules on Instagram, right? It's the ideal schedule versus what's actually happening. So having a set schedule that is known and up somewhere. And if your kids are not yet old enough to understand time is going to be critical. You got to have more breaks, more recess, quote unquote, and a lot more snacks than you typically would. And also school should be less amount of time than the time that they used to be in school for. So to think that you're going to get seven hours of schooling done a day is going to set yourself up for failure. And we're going to dig more into that. Yeah. And I also wanted to add that some of you are having online school and the kids need to show up for certain classes, but some schools are not doing that yet. This is going to be entirely dependent on what your school wants you to do. So you might have a schedule and then later it might go until noon. And then in the afternoon, you might need to set this part up for them actually getting the schoolwork done that they've been assigned. So Whatever it looks like for you, we just want to make sure that your kids know. Back in elementary school, you remember your teacher wrote on the board, right? All the different things that were going to happen. So the more that you can do that and the more that the kids can expect and know what's coming next and knowing in a few minutes they'll be able to have a break will be crucial for them to be able to pay attention and for your sanity. PE time. We love seeing the videos of your kids. Some of you guys have shared them and texted them to us. We love seeing the videos of your kids doing something physical in the middle of the day. If you have the luxury of starting off your day doing something physical, 
that's awesome to get that energy out. Mm -hmm. And also, if I could point to one more recommendation, there's a ton of research that shows that doing math first thing in the morning is the way to go. So in an ideal world, PE first, then math, if you're in control of it. Yeah, that's very true. And if that means you're looking at different videos or you're doing family yoga, meditation, or just doing things together, that's great. Otherwise, I've seen a bunch of resources, great dance classes and all kinds of things that the kids can be doing. And if that's jumping on the trampoline or jumping rope, let them do it. Mm -hmm. Ideally in separate rooms. This is hard. I know that it's hard, especially because working parents need also quiet. And there might not be enough rooms where you're living to be able to facilitate this. But if it's possible, please try to have them in separate rooms because they are distracting each other. And especially when I've seen families have online schooling already and the whole class is on Zoom and they haven't quite figured it out and all the kids are speaking over each other. And if you have another kid, that's just going to cause absolute chaos. So if you can have them either in separate rooms or separate times or whatever it looks like for your family, that's going to be really helpful as well. Even if you're able to have kids in separate rooms, we highly recommend you purchase some noise-canceling headphones. Having noise-canceling headphones will help your learner focus. And if you don't want to spend the money, earplugs are great too to cancel out sound. It helps students focus and keep them on task and not distracted. Yeah. Keeping them a little bit more engaged because it's so easy to hear when things are going on in the kitchen and you're making them lunch or whatever it is and they get distracted. So the more that they can stay focused that way, the better. Okay. So here's something else that's really great. So I did a little bit of research. There's some more out there, but these seem to be the best ones. When your kids are working with their school or they're working with us or whatever they're doing online, you might need to keep them from going into separate windows and doing other things that they're not supposed to be doing. So there is this website and app controller. It can be on your phone. It can be on the desktop, whatever it is. I think it's only 2 or $3 a month. And you can control the hours, what websites, when they can go on things, etc. The other thing is there's an extension on Chrome called Simple Blocker, and you can also control what the kids can go on. Just know that they are crafty and they will try to figure out a way around it or find something. But the more that you can at least delay it and keep that going, the better. So these are some other episodes that we wanted to point you in the direction of. So episode 25 is called All in Good Time, How to Manage Time and Get Going. So this episode was all about time management. And there's a ton of strategies there, including the timer, because stuff, I don't think it comes up later. I don't know what happened to it. And then episode 28 is about motivating the unmotivated. There's a lot of content in that episode about how important motivation is in executive functioning, which we're going to get into. And we also have a conversation on that episode about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation that might be really powerful Mm -hmm. for families right now. And in episode 65, we talked about screen time with Dr. Joe Dilley. He wrote a fantastic book on the topic and joined us on that episode to kind of talk about his tips and tricks. That would be a great episode to go back and listen to and kind of reframe it in the current context. Yeah. And the name of his book is The Game is Playing Your Kid, in case you are interested in reading it. It's absolutely quick read and it could really save your family during this time. All right. So managing 
expectations. <laughs> there's the expectation and there's reality, right? And we know that you're all feeling this at the moment. So the first thing is, what is developmentally appropriate for your child? Now, that could look like a lot of different things. That can be the age. If your child has a learning disability, ADHD, anything like that, this is going to be really important. Your first grader and your fifth grader are going to have very different things going on and it's going to look completely different. So making sure that you know what is good for your child. And remember, the biggest thing that we always talk about is fostering the love of learning. And unfortunately, since we're all just trying to figure it out, it ends up being a lot of worksheets at the moment. And that is not fostering the love of learning. And so we have a friend even yesterday that was having a really hard time. And we both encouraged her to just put it all away and have fun. We'll show some other resources of things that you can do for downtime. But if that means just taking a walk outside, if that means playing a game as a family, let's do that. We want to empower the families in our universe to make decisions and choices that are best for their family. Mm -hmm. And we also want to mitigate the fear that they're somehow going to be behind. Everyone is going to be behind together. Mm -hmm. So everybody will move forward together once things return to normal, whatever normal looks like after all of this. And let's also remember fear about grades in elementary school and honestly, really in middle school. We want to mitigate that as well. Yeah. If they're in elementary school, don't worry about grades right now. Some of the states, particularly in California, probably won't be allowing grades. I believe standardized testing was just canceled for the year. It's going to vary state by state. You got to assume best intentions at this point and that the teachers are doing what they can. And if we can take the stress out of it right now for the kids, because they're honestly very stressed because they don't get to see their friends and they don't get to play and probably being isolated is hard for us as adults. But as a kid, your entire world socially is a lot. And if we can just check in with your state and what's going on with your school district or your school to see what really is going to matter is going to be helpful. We wanted to have a quick conversation about executive functioning. Executive functioning really is the ability to plan, do life, as Steph will always say. Mm -hmm. It occurs in the frontal lobe of the brain, and it doesn't fully develop until we're 25. The reason we're bringing that up is because it's not necessarily developmentally appropriate for little dudes, as Steph will call them, mm -hmm. elementary or middle school age kids to be able to initiate tasks and complete tasks on their own. That might not be a realistic expectation for them. Their brains aren't there yet. And so we have a ton of episodes on executive functioning. It's a lot of the work that we do. But we just wanted to point it out that that is a important component of this whole puzzle. I mean, not all adults are great working on their own either and staying on task. So that is the part of the brain that really needs to get developed during this period of time. And it might not be there yet for your kids. And I know a lot of you are seeing that right now. Steph, what would you add? I was going to say, if your child is diagnosed with ADHD, remember that he or she is probably three years behind their chronological age as far as their executive functioning. So if you have a 12-year-old that is in middle school and expected to change classes and do all these things online and show up at a certain time, it's going to be very hard. Keep all the links straight. It's going to be super challenging because their functioning is more akin to that of a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. 
so this is just sort of a framework of questions that we wanted to kind of think about when you were working with your kids. Are you being helpful and are you building independence? And then every level we want to be thinking about how can we construct this so the next time they can do a little bit more independently on their own. That includes writing down instructions for how to log into Zoom mm -hmm. and having them be a part of that. And where are we going to keep all your links straight? Let's create a Google Doc where you can go and you know that each class will have that link right there because yeah. it is not kept straight if each teacher is sending their own individual email. It's very confusing. It so is confusing. we always, always, always preach having everything in one place. You heard Steph talk about it when she talked about putting all their things that they need in order to be successful in one place. Likewise, with online things that they need to keep straight right now. It's a lot. It is a lot. I'll take it one step further. If the teachers are giving you a room that is going to be in Zoom and it's going to be daily or weekly or whatever it is and not sending out a link, hopefully they're not sending out a link every day. Hopefully. I would put it in the Google Calendar yep. with something that pops up that says, oh, in 10 minutes, you've got this. And then they can just click on the link. It's already in there repeating. And then they can just go in. If you want to learn more about how we encourage families to use online calendars, go ahead and listen to episode two of the podcast. We were brand new into podcasting, so forgive us <laughs> if we sound stiff. But we give a lot of really great information in that episode. How do we build accountability? This is hard because it's going to look different for each of your kids. Remember, everybody's running their own race. It's going to look different for every teacher at every school in every single situation. So as Megan just confirmed, Redondo Beach is not grading. Others are going to follow soon enough. But yeah. also, some of the classes you don't have to show up. That's going on as well. It's recommended at the moment. And some teachers and whatnot are saying, oh, this has to be turned in, but not necessarily. So building in rewards and trying to motivate your student to do whatever it looks like, because this is going to feel very hard for them. So this was a fantastic parent coaching episode that we did on the podcast where we coached a mom to really focus on small wins. And so I will give an example of a small win. My best friend is currently at home with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. We're texting back and forth about activities that the four-year-old can do. I said to her, you know, eventually I actually think he's going to end up reading as a result of her work with him because he's super ready and interested for it. But I said the small win is him even knowing the difference between the sounds and then the helper letters. That's a small win, a helper letter being a vowel. So if we can narrow the victories to something small and really tangible, just like we would do if you were a client in our practice, you're going to feel much more successful at the end of the day. And it's up to each individual family to define what that success is. Just to add to that, I have some families that a win right now is a kid picking up a book and just reading instead of wanting to do something on the screen. And that is a win. Even if they only read a page, that's a win for me right now. We had a question. Do you have ideas on rewards that are not screen time? We go into depth on multiple episodes about that. So definitely go listen to the motivation episode. Mm -hmm. And also we're going to have a conversation in a couple of minutes about screen time. Yeah. Because we think the rules have gone out the window for right now and that parents need to survive. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Thank you, Magdalena. Connecting. Okay. So this is really important. 
this is something that we just thought it was really important to bring up and mention when we talk about screen time. But how many texts are you sending throughout your day connecting with friends? Mm -hmm. How many group chats are you all a part of? How much boxering are Steph and I doing with each other right now a lot. to connect and make sure we're on the same page about what we need to be on the same page about? And that is all social interaction that our kids are not getting. If they do not have a phone, that is all sorts of connection. And their main source of connection was in person. We have to start establishing other ways so that they don't lose their minds and that they don't drive you crazy too. Yeah. So let them FaceTime on your phone if they don't have one or set up a Zoom call with their friends. Or if they want to play a game virtually with their friends. Yes. It's go time. Make it part of their schedule. Exactly. And that might even be if everybody has a deck of Uno cards that everybody plays, right? And you can do it on Zoom. There are also online versions. There's online versions of Rush Hour. We've been playing Jackbox games. Oh, I love Jackbox. Yeah, we should get one going this weekend, Steph. Yeah, good idea. Okay. Because that you can use through your phone. We've been setting it up through Zoom Mm -hmm. and we have the on computer version. So we're the host of it and everybody logs in through their phone and it's interactive because there are a million moments of social interaction. And we're really, I think, talking about our elementary age kids that don't have phones yet Yeah, that they get through school simply by sitting next to somebody and talking about something. And they're not getting that right now. And so they're looking at the parents to provide that sort of interaction that they're used to and that they require. Yeah. But I also wanted to add, there are a lot of kids that use their surroundings and other kids to get cues about how to do things. And right now, as given given assignments and worksheets, and they are struggling to understand, you might get a lot of resistance And it's probably because they don't understand what's being asked of them. And it's going to look like behavior. Assume best intentions and assume that you're getting this behavior or this fight or this meltdown because they don't have somebody their age to help them through what's going on. And while it might look really simple and clear to you, it might not look that way to them. So this is where you're going to have to individually decide what's appropriate and what's not. And if it's going to cause a big problem, how can you change it or get some help? I love that you just said that. I think that was really critical. I'm just reiterating what you said. Mm -hmm. Even though it looks like behavior, there is a deeper cause. And if we can address the deeper cause, then you're going to have a lot more success. Yeah, because the kids still want to please their teachers. They still want to please you. Yeah. So this is a really important conversation. I think you can go to the next one. Family goal setting. During this time, it might be nice to have a conversation about what the family goal is for this particular period of time. And it could be a family-specific goal of like, we're just really going to connect with each other. and We're going to find three moments throughout the day to connect with each other or someone else. And it could be have lunch together. It could be have dinner together because all the kids aren't doing all their activities. Or it could be go out in the backyard and let's play soccer. Doing one thing as a family every day. Whatever it looks like, it's going to be helpful. This is a really great time to build out a live list of what you can do. What are some of the fun things that you can do at home together as a family? And guaranteed, if you bring your family into the conversation, they're going to come up with some really fun, funny stuff. (laughs) You can ding dong dash people. You can do all sorts of things that 
provide connection, but keep the social distancing that the world is requiring of us. But if you set the goal for your family and you achieve that goal every day, you're going to start to feel a lot more successful. All right. Weekly one and daily three. So Steph. Yeah. So we credit this to Natalie Ekdahl of the Biz Chicks podcast, who actually taught us this. And it makes so much sense and is so helpful. So what it really looks like is having a goal weekly, one goal, and then having three daily goals to help you reach that one goal. So right now, your goal might be not pulling your hair out. And what are you going to do today? Three things to take care of yourself to make sure that you're there for your kids. What are some other examples, Rach? I loved that you made it a self-care example because I think that's really important right now. But a weekly goal for your family is we're going to read a book together Mm -hmm. as a family. And the daily three can be one person's going to read a chapter, another person's going to read a chapter, and another person's going to read. And then you can check it off Mm -hmm. as you go. It doesn't necessarily have to be academic, but it does increase productivity when you identify what you want to have happen and then it happens. Let's remember one of my favorite things is cooking as a family or baking, mm-hmm. right? We know that there's a short supply of some things, but if you do have supplies and whatever you're making for lunch or making for dinner, your weekly one could be cooking as a family this week. And one of the things you do today is have your kids measure out if you're baking. Great. Now you have a math activity. Exactly. Have your kids <laughs> organize and pull out all of the ingredients that are listed on the box for brownies. I mean, those kinds of things, although they don't feel academic, they actually are because they're following instructions and you're getting the reading comprehension, although it's not very high level. Oh yeah, but (laughs) it's something, right? And some of you are going to need that to start and that's okay. So families, you set the bar for what a successful day looks like. This is true in the time of coronavirus and this is true in quote unquote, normal times. So we want to grant everyone the grace to be kind to yourselves. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be perfect and you're not going to replace the classroom teacher and what they were trying to do and the goals that they had. Everything is a clean slate right now. And so please just be kind to yourself as you're trying to manage working from home, schooling your kids at home and our new reality. Yeah. And we know you're doing your best. Yeah. And your kids are trying their best. So please be kind to everybody. You all need it. And also, if you are finding yourself saying something to yourself that you would never say to a friend, filter it out. It's true. We say the most horrible things to ourselves that we would never dream of saying to anybody else. So please be extra kind to yourself during this period of time. So food for thought. (laughs) It's a lot of what we've already talked about. It's not going to be the same with your child having six or seven hours of school directly with their teacher and being with their friends and having all the extracurriculars to get the energy out and all of that. It just is not going to look like anything you've known up until this point. So let's create a community. Let's create some goals together and help each other out so that we find the new normal for right now. This is something we preach all the time that we are going to... Be excited about progress and let perfection go. So we will always welcome in progress and say perfection. We're going to push you to the side because it's not going to be possible right now. And you're going to go to sleep every night feeling deflated if that is your goal. 
if your goal is to try to keep things going the way that they were going before we were all advised to be at home, you're not going to feel successful at the end of the day. So a lot of what we're sharing today is reframing expectations. If you're used to looking at your child's worksheet and making sure they did it correctly, how about talk about how tomorrow you could teach them how to do it a little bit differently Mm -hmm. instead of marking it all wrong. It's going to be a process and letting your child's teacher know that maybe there needs to be another way to teach those lessons. We've all needed this this week, haven't we, Steph? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's adjust. Let's everybody just take some time to adjust. And if that means I've taken some time on some Zoom calls to just breathe and to talk to kids about what they're really feeling right now. It's amazing some of the things that they notice and realize. They know you're stressed out. They know that their teachers don't know how to do this quite yet. And a lot of them are telling me they're very afraid for this online school because they are afraid that they're not going to understand and they're not going to be able to keep up and be able to pay attention and all of the things. I've gotten a big array of different things that kids have told me. And so the more you can keep those conversations going as a family and you know, with us, if you are a part of our practices, I think that that's really important. And know that not everything's going to be perfect at the moment with the kid might need to get a piece of paper or we might in the middle of a session need to take a picture and you might need to help email it to me so I can see if we can't get it on the screen or we're having technical difficulties and I have to keep popping out and popping back in because things are freezing. Let's just relax. Cut out the things that are not serving you right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm off Facebook. Facebook is off my phone. And guys, I don't miss it. I'm fine. Yeah. But it was becoming too much for me. So I'll stick with Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Remember that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like we were talking about our friend who tried sprinting on Monday and she ran out of gas real quick. By Tuesday morning, guys. So yeah. (laughs) So remember. (laughs) Little victories. Yeah. And I was going to say, take this seriously because if you are doing one thing today or one thing this week, that's enough for right now. Mm -hmm. and just know that the concepts and the kids will get there. It's not going to look the same, and it's not going to be on the same timeline that you're used to, but that's okay. We will get them there. We're all building resiliency skills together. Yeah, that's true. If you're struggling, I think it's okay for kids to see it, but they need to see the problem-solving side of it. Mm -hmm. I'm really having a hard time with X, Y, and Z, but this is what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. We're building resiliency, which is something we all need to see in our kids. We want to see in our kids. It's true. It's true. Who's pulling their hair out at the moment? Probably a (laughs) lot of people. So here are some resources. I think we should just go through it quickly, Steph, because we don't want to add to overwhelm. Mm -hmm. So virtual museum tours, virtual zoo tours, games. You guys can still order them from Amazon. We'd be happy to email you our favorite lists of our favorite games that we've gone through on previous episodes of the podcast. And you guys know that's my jam. Look at our office. Look at all the yep, games. Yep, yep, yep. A blog or a diary is really great during this period of time. There's going to be so much writing that comes out of this. But if your learner does not love to write, a video blog is awesome as well. 
Yeah. It's going to be something if they can do it in a Google Doc or they can do it on little videos or whatever it looks like or literally just writing it. This time in their lives is something they're going to want to look back on and read what they were going through. And I think just even a couple of sentences will be really helpful. Okay. So people are asking for the game list. You guys email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com and we will send those out to you. Okay. If you do not want to get overwhelmed. Do not go to this site. Or if you already are overwhelmed, do not go to this site. AmazingEducationalResources.com is a list of all the free educational content out there right now. A lot of programs have gone free, but it is a lot to decipher. And it is a lot of content. It is essentially a Google Doc that they are frequently updating. If you're low on ideas and you're like, you know what, I haven't seen anything, this is a great one to go to. But if you're already in overwhelm, you're not allowed to go to this website. Yeah. Do not go to this website because it overwhelms me. Yes. And I look at it and I go, oh no, nope, nope, nope. So it's there if you need it and just have it on the back burner, but we would encourage you not to look at it. Mm -hmm. That's all we have to say about that. Parent tribes. So you can also reach out to your community and think of it like a carpool. Every day, one family takes over carpool to ease the burden on the rest of the families. You can set up an hour a day where one mom or dad is in charge of the Zoom called learning that's occurring during that particular day. And it can be something that everybody is consistently doing every day at 11. You are meeting with your families and one parent, and we know who the parent is on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You guys can break up the work so that other families can work during that particular period of time. We'll also be offering this in our practices as well, a more group model to kind of alleviate that family stress and lower price point too. But that's just an idea that you guys can take and run with. Clear boundaries and clear consequences. Remember that you as the parent set the tone or you as the teacher or educational therapist, whoever is watching or listening, you are the ones that set the tone. Now, this is a big one. The differentiation between screen time right now. So there's two different types of screen time at the moment. There's screen time for school and there's screen time for fun. And I think that it's really important in your household to have a conversation with your learners about what the difference is. And that doesn't mean that the screen time that they have spent, although it is not ideal, we understand that. Please don't take away their fun screen time because they still need it to relax. And remember, they're stressed as well. Their little bodies need outlets. Yes, do we want them outside jumping around and playing and having fun with their siblings? Yes. But they also, and some kids get social interaction from playing games online. So please set realistic goals that work for your family. And this is where Dr. Joe Dilley's book comes in about the game playing your kid, about what is realistic. And know that the rules that you've had up until this point have to go out the window a little bit. Or keep those rules, but screen time for school does not count as the free time screen time. Yeah. And I've heard from some parents, we don't have screen time during the week and we only have it on the weekends. Well, part of the problem now is that they are only in school from 9 to 11 or 9 to 12, and they have a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. So no, do we want your kids to be on the screens all day? Absolutely not. 
some flexibility is required on the regular normal rules. Yeah. TV. So here we're going to have a conversation of how to make TV feel educational. Everything that students extrapolate from reading can be applied to television, except for decoding, unless you mute your TV and make them read the captions. Here's the thing. What we're really trying to get kids to understand when they're reading and through reading comprehension is making connections through the real world, predictions about what's going to take place, story structure, vocabulary, all these things can happen through television as well. So if they're watching something that's episodic, it's very predictable. Mm -hmm. If you are struggling with how much television your student is watching every day, you can go ahead and have them do graphic organizers of what happened in the beginning, what happened in the middle, what happened at the end. That's exactly what I was going to add. I have a kid that I was doing that with. He was going to watch a cartoon later and he had to apply it to that and report back to me what the beginning, the middle, and the end was of the story. Now, you can make it more advanced for older readers, Mm -hmm. but using graphic organizers with television is really smart. And there's also a ton of free graphic organizers online. Yes. You just have to Google graphic organizers. Yep. And so you can make TV feel more educational. It's not all evil. There's academic things that we can learn from television. You just have to frame it and set the expectation before they start that this is what they will be doing. Yeah. And if that means you guys read Harry Potter one as a family and then watch the movie, great. You guys can have a conversation about how the book and the movie are different. Yeah. Compare and contrast it. Yep. And if you want them to write a persuasive essay about which one's better or whatever it is, you can be as creative as you want to and really make it meaningful and fun. And if you have a reluctant writer... I don't want to make a sweeping generalization, but it's almost all kids who struggle with executive functioning will also likely struggle with writing. We have a ton of episodes on how to put the process forward so that you're not getting a whole bunch of resistance. If you have a reluctant writer, a kid who doesn't like physically writing with their pencil, it's fine to record a video or it's fine to do voice to text or it's fine to talk to you while you type it out. But we are trying to find activities to build independence. So let them record it. Yeah. Okay. For the kids who struggle with staying on task, which we know is a lot of you, it's okay to have them stand. Tape a box to the ground so they know their boundaries. Also, I have some kids who come to my office and they actually might run around the office while we're doing something, or they might jump on the trampoline Mm -hmm. or push-ups against the wall. I have a soccer net. And so sometimes we're kicking. I have boxing gloves in my office. As do I. And the basketball hoop. So if they're doing those things in order to learn and to pay attention, that's okay. Because it doesn't look like paying attention, but I bet you a lot of them can repeat back and explain what's going on while they're doing those other things. Let them do school in a wobbly chair or on a trampoline or on the ground if they need to. Learning doesn't have to be just sitting in a chair. Steph, will you explain the Pomodoro technique? Okay, so it's basically a start and a stop. One of the things that I do with learners is ask them and figure out how long they can actually pay attention for. With little dudes, it's going to be much shorter. But with older kids, they might say to me 25 minutes. Some might say an hour. It just depends. It might even be 10 minutes. 
And so focusing on a task and setting a timer, this is a baking timer. And so you can set different timers. You can do 10 minutes and then take a break, however long that might look. So if you need to do 10 minutes and a five minute break, and then 10 minutes again, then you have those already set and you can follow what needs to happen and the timer will keep them on task. So really your job for this is helping them figure out how long they can stay on task. Rewards. This is when it's really wise to come up with a list of rewards prior to the activity. Mm -hmm. So this can be a part of your goal setting. What are some of the things your kids enjoy and that they like to do? What are their defaults? It might be screen time, but we also have so many other ideas in our motivating the unmotivated episode that I would direct you to go back and listen to that stuff. What would you add? Yeah, I was going to say, okay, what is their currency? A lot of them, their currency is going to be screen time. However, you can put some things in there that might actually become a currency. I have a family that has let their child pick what they want for dinner. And if that means getting takeout or what mom can make or what they make together, and that motivates that kid, you would be shocked. If that means that they get to have game time or to have time with you, it can be all kinds of different things that right now when they're craving attention and connection, it's going to look different. It doesn't have to always be physical things, right? It could be earning something on Amazon. It could be earning a game that you guys would play as a family or watching a movie or a TV show as a family. And get creative as you want. Oftentimes, I put it to the kids. What would you like to earn? And it's amazing what they come up with. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to upset you. No. When they are not staying on task, it is because they physically can't do it. Steph and I come from a fundamental place and our team members and our practices come from a fundamental place where we believe all learners want to please. And when they are not meeting expectations, it is incumbent upon the adults to examine why. What about this setup isn't working? And invite them to be a part of the conversation about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even the little guys. Yeah, this is what I expect from you. So what do you need to do? Mm-hmm. What should we change? What don't you like about this? Not every idea they're going to come up with is going to be feasible, but you'd be shocked at how well they're able to express what they need and help you problem solve it. So we just wanted to make sure you knew that we were available to support you during this time. So if you are interested in a 30-minute virtual coaching session, we're only going to have availability for 10 families at a discounted rate. Go ahead and email us, and we'll take the first 10 families and get that set up and going at coaching at learnsmarterpodcast.com. And I just want to add that that means what we're talking about is if you're having trouble with how to get this going for your family and you're having very specific things that we weren't able to help you with today or certain scenarios that are coming up, we'd love to be able to help you. If you are interested in learning more about educational therapy or having your learner work with us or one of our team members, you can sign up for a call and we'll get that going as quickly as humanly possible because one of the things we didn't mention in our presentation today is outsourcing. So if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where you can have a little bit of help, we always are here to help you in that way as well. And again, so Rachel's website is capedtherapy.com. That's K-A-P-P edtherapy.com. 
And mine, Stephanie, is myedtherapist.com, M-Y-E-D therapist.com. We'll also be offering virtual group format. This is not something that will be offered once things, quote unquote, go back to normal. But for right now, if you have two or more students in the same grade, potentially in the same class, and you can get a group of families together and you want one of our team members to teach that class, we'd be happy to help facilitate that for you as well. We both have extended hours right now. People are asking, any extra tips for helping with teens? Teens, you really want to be fostering independence. They need particularly a calendar so that they can be accountable for their time. I would point you in the direction of the executive functioning episodes. And I've gotten a couple of requests to do some more like age-specific webinars. We'll see what our bandwidth is. Mm -hmm. But this has been great. So we totally appreciate you being here and your interaction with us. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great one.